Hello, welcome to Life in the Key of C, the podcast where we take a deep dive into our musical lives. I'm your host, Jen Morales. We're going to be talking to artists, musicians, writers, and their spouses, as well as event coordinators and just about anybody who's making a difference in the drop rock world. We'll also be talking about the hottest topics of the week. So come along, pull up a chair, dip your toes into the water, and let's see where those waves are coming from. Hello, everyone. Hi, how are you today, Mark? I'm doing good. Did you know that this is episode number eight? Is it? I thought it was seven. Nope. I have lost count. That's because we're having so much fun. That's right. We had a rare weekend weekend this morning. A rare weekend. We had a rare weekend. (laughs) You sure did. We had no gigs. No gigs. So was able to get some stuff done around here. Got our office reorganized. Mm-hmm. How do you like this new setup? Here? I like this. I can see you. Right. Before when we were recording, we had the mics were in the way and we couldn't see each other's Either face. Either that or a monitor or something. But <laughs> this is really nice. I like this. We might have to post some pictures. Yeah. We got our office cleaned up here and got you a new desk, uh, one of those rising desks yeah, that go up so and down. When I feel like standing, I can stand. Absolutely, you can. Which will probably get very little usage, but it's there so I can feel better about myself. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, I can <laughs> tell myself I will stand at my desk. Didn't you get one of those desks for your office in Minnesota, I too? did, and I really liked it. <laughs> and how many times did I stand at my desk in Minnesota? Zero. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> hey, but, but you, it's there. But you have the option. I do have the option. And having the option is what matters. It is, it is. And one of these days, I can tell myself I will stand and work. And you will one day. I will. We'll take pictures of that, too. (laughs) But, yeah, it was a very uh, unusual weekend. We don't have those very often. It was nice. Well, our new family member. Oh, uh, yes, Ranger. Ranger. We've had He's been with us for a week now. One week. And I got to tell you, it is like having a child in the house again. It's like having a newborn. It's been a lot of fun. Um, It really is. A lot of drama, but uh, he's actually adapted pretty well. He, you know. Fits in pretty good with the rest He's of us. He's a little tornado. I got he some. Is. I got some pet names that I call him. I Texas call him Ranger. The Texas Tornado. Texas Tornado. Little Stinker. I <laughs> see. I call him Ranger or Range Man. Range Man. Yeah. But I'm gonna leave that to see how many people guess what that's from. I know a couple people will know. Well, my main one is is Tornado because uh, that he has no fear. No, he does like, That's be why walking. Brittany was worried about him. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'll be walking through the through the living room at like two in the morning, and he'll come darting between my feet, and I'm like, "You little tornado! You got a death wish, you tornado!" <laughs> oh, and then we had some drama with him today. He was missing for almost three hours. Yeah, we could not find him. We looked everywhere. I even the crawled house. under the bed. Yes, I did. And I took all the pillows off the bed, looked everywhere, looked in the closets, could not find this little guy at all. He was in the cat house. The, the what? The little cat house. The little thing that we go in to sleep. Oh, my goodness. That's where he was. And, uh, the cat tree thing that had the little hole for the cats to the, sleep in. Probably the only one, only cat that's ever yes. used that. That's why nobody ever thought to look in there. <laughs> well, hey, what are we going to be doing? To, what are we talking this about today? This is a very special episode because why? we have Jerry Diaz and Hannah's Reef. We got to sit down with them, which is oh, a very... Yes unusual event because usually y'all are playing on stage and so it's not often that we just get to sit down and talk and visit and so a couple weeks ago we took advantage of us all being together and put a mic in front of us all and we just sat down and chatted up a bunch of stuff 
And I will give a warning to our listeners out there today. This is going to be a pretty lengthy podcast, so you may have to split it up. I know some of you listen to us on your morning commute to work. You have to listen to us on your way home, too. (laughs) But you don't want to miss this because we talked about a lot of really cool things that would interest a lot of fans. Uh, A lot of questions you have about uh, the reef, Hannah's Reef. What is the reef? What is Hannah's Reef? Jerry's upcoming album. Yes. Answer some questions. And it was, for me, it was just nice to just be able to sit down and. It really was. Just have a good time. And Mm -hmm. so we wanted to share that with everyone. So we hope you enjoy it. All right. Here it goes. But uh, we got Jerry Diaz and the reef here. And uh, I wanted to take advantage of this time here to kind of talk about the reef and Hannah's Reef. Um, I have had the uh, fortunate pleasure to be a part of this uh, this endeavor for about twenty years now. Nearly. And uh, it's <laughs> did, it's did we it's, feel it's that looking. Old? I didn't know. What's that? Didn't know we felt that old, but we are. <laughs> that, yeah, time just flies by, and I, I can't believe. And Hannah's Reef has gone through some iterations. A lot of iterations, a lot of transformations, and everything. Did I get in on the very beginning of Hannah's Reef, or where did, where did I come in? 2002 um, was the first time that we got together as Hannah's Reef. I think you came about in 2003 or four, somewhere around there. So right yeah. there, not far after. Yeah, not far after. So right, right at 20 years. Yeah. So, so when I remember when I came into Hannah's Reef, it was a big band. Yeah, probably seven people, seven mm-hmm. pieces on stage. Yeah, like we had we had harmonica, Mikey, Mikey harmonica. Baswell, Kyle Aguilard on bass, um, Tim Bridges on drums, Bob Brammer played steel drums for you did, Bud Byram on percussion, uh, Mike Barnett of course on lead vocals, and myself on lead guitar and rhythm guitar. Now, I gotta say, I miss you playing lead and rhythm. When I joined the band, that's what you were doing. I miss that. I do too. Maybe one day it will happen again. Bring it back. Bring <laughs> it back. And uh, yeah, we've seen a, a a lot of changes through the years. So some band members have, uh, have come and gone. Right now, our our bass player is Alex Olapur. So we perform as a trio now. Hey, how y'all doing? <laughs> that, that was a cue for you, Alex. <laughs> so we got Alex now, who is playing in the spot where Hannah's Reef kind of had a stigmata for a few years about bass okay, players. stigmata is the Catholic what is thing. Well, he's Catholic. Jerry's Catholic. It's a stigma. Stigma. There you go. Okay. Stigmata, stigma, pizza, potato, yeah, potato. Yeah, edit a lot of it out. <laughs> tomato, tomato, stigmata, stigma, whatever. Stigmata. It's a stigma. Stigmata. <laughs> whatever. We've had bass players come and gone and then... And, and gone, gone, not... And... Yeah. The one before you was was Nick Montu, but he's still with us. That's right. Yeah. And uh, I kind of tease Nick every now and then. I said he he jumped shit before he broke the curse. <laughs> he broke the curse. <laughs> exactly. The only reason that Alex agreed to continue to play with him. <laughs> That's a great way to look at it. He moved to uh, New Mexico. Yeah. So. Yes. New Mexico. Oh, or Phoenix. Arizona. Oh, Phoenix, Arizona. 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 Sorry. Yeah. Phoenix is out in New Mexico. Well, yes. Yeah, you've, never, you've <laughs> never been to Phoenix, New Mexico. It's right next to Albuquerque. It's, it's on that west side that we never get to. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but uh, I got to say, when you first joined the band, I was highly skeptical. Of me? Skeptical? Yes. Oh, gosh, what did I do? Because uh, I got... You have a very extroverted personality. <laughs> very extroverted. I do? Yes. All and, right. Um, for us introverts, me and Mark... 
it, it was a little weird. I didn't know what to think about you. Yeah. But so, I told you, okay. you've grown on me. And it was exactly what I was looking for. Me too, right? <laughs> I mean, no. I mean. Oh, no, I like extroverts. Uh, well, yeah, I told Takes you. Takes one to so know We one. have to have somebody with some energy and mm-hmm. excitement. And well, I was very happy with him. Yeah, and, definitely and has energy. Well, you know, that's, that's funny because I, I don't feel like an extrovert, to tell you the truth. But I will tell you. That when I get on stage and start playing music, I feel energized. I can like, tell, man. That bobbing and everything. That's that's like one of my happy places is, is being up there and playing music. It always has been, uh, and so it's like <laughs> I don't feel extroverted extroverted in all parts of my life, but uh, definitely when I'm up there playing music, you get a little bouncy, I guess you'd say. <laughs> and that's okay, man. That's that's great. People like they like that visual. The only other person that bounced more than you was Troy Allen. <laughs> hey, we're both from yeah. the same town. That's so. right. I think he was always bouncy. You boys from Vider come with Mexican jumping beans in your pants <laughs> or something. But, but no, I love I love uh, I love looking over there and watching you jamming out and everything. It's it's kind of hard to see a pan player jam, you know, because we're kind of stuck there. <laughs> but when I look over there and I, and I see you having a good time, when you first joined the band, I was I, I didn't know what to think of of your outgoing personality because you know? <laughs> you're always there, and it's like, hey, I have a, a, a what do you call that? The the, the space barrier, yeah, uh, personal space, the personal you? space, yeah. and Alex is right space. here <laughs> in the face talking. Hey, man, that's a good. Well, good thing I'm little. I fit a lot of places, so you know. Yeah, and then another thing is like after every gig, you're like, hey, man, you want to go check out the town? You want to go see what's going on here and everything? I'm like. Heck yeah, man. I love finding like local spots to eat and stuff like that. Yeah. He definitely does. Sure. <laughs> he and yeah. I couldn't believe it. There was, a, there was one time, I think we were in Fort Walton or something like that, and we finished the gig at 11 o'clock. And you're like, I want to go check out the town. You want to go? I'm like, Bro, it's 11 o'clock. It's, it's midnight. We are old. Uh, it's bedtime. <laughs> so, but it's, it's great to have that, uh, that refreshing vibe in the band. Oh, thank you. That's, uh, I think it's made sure. a huge difference. I think. Absolutely. I agree. That we were all getting tired, and you brought good energy oh, in that, and energy. I appreciate it. Well, thank you. I mean, I, I feel the same about uh, you guys as well, too. I feel like y'all brought good energy into my life. Uh, I've been in lots of bands uh, over the years since high school. I've been in like a, a metal band. I've been in a reggae band. I've been in a country band. I've done all kinds of stuff. And all the boxes. This is like, <laughs> this is the best band I've ever been in, like, with with you guys, the band, you know, and the fans. I mean, it's just crazy. And uh, Jerry, I, I think I've told you this before, I've never been in another band where all the band members shake each other's hands and tell each other how great of a job they did. That gig. <laughs> right. I've been in all these other bands and that never happened. And I never even thought about it until you did it to me the first time and I was yeah. like, wow, that really, I really enjoyed that. And that really meant a lot to me. It, it, same and thing I carry that with yeah. me now. Like I, I try to carry on that respect to uh, in other music and other endeavors that I have If you play with somebody now. else. If yeah. I play with yeah. someone else because I remember how much that meant to me the first time yeah. it happened to me. So I hope that, you know, other musicians that I have endeavors with can feel that respect. Yeah. You know? Absolutely, because metal band. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. I, I was, so like I love I love playing music. I love playing all kinds of music, and that was kind of my thing. It's like I learned a lot, developed my skills, because I would just never say no to a gig. Like people be like, "Hey, uh, we need a bass player. Do you play polka?" I'd be like, 
I will this weekend. <laughs> I do yeah. on Friday. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, I was in a, band, a metal band called This Fire. It was actually really great. Had a great singer, great songwriters, and unfortunately uh, fell apart. But it was just another experience um, that uh, became part of my musical life and, and led me to all the musical endeavors that I've been in. It's because if each one of these adventures that I went on with these bands, you know, always taught me something. That's where all my influences come from. Well, I got to really feel for how good of a bass player you are. When one Christmas, we did a Christmas show here in Beaumont, and I threw all my jazz Christmas music out Oh, yeah. And all those charts. And that I was, was like, a great gig. Holy cow. <laughs> I threw the charts at him, and he learned all this stuff in like two days, and this is not easy stuff. <laughs> well, one for one, Christmas music is not easy, as you guys know. Yeah. But then putting a jazz twist on it, and then you sitting there reading the charts. Uh, Brennan Nace is like, Houston's like number one bassist call, and you're sitting there playing Brennan and Nace licks. And stuff. <laughs> like, okay, this guy has got some talent, man. He's good. Oh, well, thanks. I, um, I, was, I guess I forgot to say, I was also in a jazz band. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The first couple of years of like actually gigging and stuff, I was uh, like a jazz trio, jazz duo, a lot of stuff like that. Cool. I actually really love doing charts, like, I mean, read, doing gigs where you're, like, reading charts, like, mm-hmm. doing a gig, like, straight out of the real book or something, doing, like, jazz standards and stuff like that, so. It's like a mental exercise, too. Yeah. You, like, at the end of that gig, you feel worked out. Yeah, I, I've, yeah. I've um, I got a lot of practice doing that kind of stuff, because I used to also play for musicals. I'd be mm-hmm. hired for bass or uh, guitar and stuff, and the actors have been rehearsing for three months, and then they call the band the last week and say, learn 50 songs, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> for this musical. Oh yeah, and so reading charts and and stuff like that is is a skill that I don't get to use as much as I, as I would like. It's a lot of fun to get to. So I was really happy you invited me on that gig, and it was really oh, fun yeah. playing with you. And uh, I think we had Trey Newmiller with us. Yes, we did. And uh, we had another player. I think Howard was playing with us. It was Howard, Howard. yes. And so that was another fun. great band. And we got to do a lot of your charts, which was uh, really cool, really fun. Good oh range. yeah. Well, Jerry. One of the questions that I get asked all the time when we play is, "When is a CD coming out, man?" <laughs> we've been we've been playing these songs God, and you're writing, I and I think we even got a few of them recorded because I remember. Yeah, recording. oh yeah, there's there's two or three of them recorded. Uh, two of them recorded. Yeah, it's just a matter of making time for it. I mean, you guys probably have a better idea than anybody would, uh, and Mary too. I mean, how much? I mean, music. I love music, but it's like this much of my life, you know. Right. And it's like I'm trying to squeeze it in between all these other things I got going on. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna happen. I mean, I never even sweat it because I know it will happen. It's just it's gonna happen whenever I have time to do it. Right. I mean, it's it's, it's got to be that way, unfortunately. So well, see, a lot of people don't understand your life, and mm-hmm. and when somebody asks me about you, I say, well, he's not a human being; he's a robot. <laughs> I'm a yeah. human being. This guy. <laughs> I'm a human. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's like. Uh, he artificial intelligence. This guy goes to bed at nine o'clock, wakes up at two, and then works all day long, and then finds time to put on events and everywhere, and start new events yeah. and plant seeds and and literally plant I, seeds I think in the front Find out at some point that there's a clone. Yeah, it's like Jerry somewhere. How in the world does this guy get stuff done? Yeah. The songs are there. Like you said, we've already got to start on recording, so. It will happen within the next 12 months. I'm, I'm positive. I'm going to make sure that it happens. So, okay. You know, I've always just taken the uh, approach that as long as I'm still writing and still having good ideas, and it doesn't matter when it comes out, you know, mm-hmm. other than from a marketing standpoint. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we do pretty good at covering that up, too, with marketing. So, Well, let's talk about your writing because yeah. 
there's sometimes there's there's been sometimes over the years and like for the last couple of albums I remember you're like hey we're not doing any gigs this weekend I'm packing up I'm going and I'm just going to lock myself away and write yeah so do do you still have time to do that or do you or no not really because you know those weekends uh, you know uh, Mary has things that we need to get done together and she needs help with so yeah now you'll do that but. Uh, Hopefully this winter, I'm, I'm going to try to make some time schedule. For, uh, the The problem is, I mean, there's, we're in so demand to play live that mm-hmm. we literally have to just say we can't play these three weeks or this month or something like that. And maybe that's what has to happen right. just to get finished, you know. But, yeah, because I've noticed on the schedule, it's like when there is an opening, it's a forced opening because you got to, you have to block that time out to, yeah. in order to get yeah. things done that you need to get yeah. done. Yes, that's what's happened. Our house is falling apart around us, you know? We had to... Oh, we had to tell Jerry... We have to... I don't feel like it's falling now. You can't see Jerry's holding up the ceiling right now. No, not quite that severe, but truly, you know, there's things that have to be done at your home, and you have to get them done, and I can't do them by myself. Yeah, I recently had to have that same conversation with Mark, and I was like, okay, here's the deal. I'm not telling you not to take gigs, but we have got to start setting aside Sundays. You might want clean laundry for these. You know, there's just things that I've got to get done that I can't by myself with us both working. you got to make that time and say, okay, we need to set aside this day a week that this is what we're doing, we're going to be setting aside just to stay on top of things. Right, exactly. It's it's hard to manage a home life. All, all of us work full-time jobs. All six of us. Right. Hey, that's, that's a unique that's aspect a unique, of this yeah. band. Is but that I think it works because we all do. But uh, it's hard to get things done if you're not home ever. So the, the, good, the good and the bad of that is that, I mean, we all do have you know, very established careers away from playing music. A lot of people that play as often and as far as we do, do not. The The advantage is that we're not relying on every show or every weekend to pay a house note. I don't right. think any of us has any problem COVID with that. COVID didn't affect us the way it did everybody. It wasn't yeah. as hard on us yeah. as it was some people. Absolutely. Correct. And the bad of that is it, it does... You know, um, mean that we have a very full calendar all the time. You know, because of it affects the, full-time the creative job. part of what y'all do. Yeah, right. I mean, it'd be great to just be able to sit back and write music all week oh, and yeah. record and rehearse and all that. But we, yeah. you know, we currently don't have that luxury. You know, hopefully someday. For me, it's coming real soon. In like two and a half years, I'll be retired. So, yeah, that'll awesome. it's going to change a whole lot of things for me. But for you two guys, you know, y'all are full time, mm-hmm. and both your wives are full time. That's right. I mean, not all of us can be Eric Urban and put out a song every Friday. <laughs> I can put out a crappy not, one every Friday. Yeah, <laughs> right. Nobody can put out that caliber of song every Friday. Yeah, I, he's amazing. I, yeah. I think um, he just dreams and things fall out of his head, and it. Right, song. It's, it's, it does. That Whiskey Don't song was pretty amazing. That is absolutely my favorite right now. Yeah. So we were Hannah's Reef, now we're The Reef, and a lot of people say, okay, so what's the difference here? And I'm still not clear. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's, it's a silence. drummer. <laughs> well, no, it's not just so a drummer. What is, what is it? Tell, it's, talk, uh, tell when the three of us are together playing, that's The Reef. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's the way I'm approaching it and, and marketing it. Now, if there's another player... Um, or if there's five or six of us, and it's Hannah's Reef. Okay, I so just didn't want people to expect whenever they hear Hannah's Reef that there'd be a full band there. 
So the reef, you're getting a solid trio. Solid trio with a drum machine, so you're getting a full... You're getting a full, you know, full sound. experience. Yeah. It's just full experience. Just not, it's not a full band setup. Yeah, and I really am proud of what we're able to do with yeah. three guys and a drum machine. I mean, I think we're as full of sound as uh, a lot of six and seven piece bands yeah, that I hear. Right. Because yeah. there's no wasted energy on stage. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you two guys... Uh, are singing background vocals and, and me and Alex are singing uh, background vocals when you're mm-hmm. singing lead. Yep. And we're all doing like two, three, two or three things at the same time. Yeah. I mean, you play, there's songs where you play steel drums and lead, lead guitar. Yeah. Alex is doing the drum machine and background vocals and bass and, and <laughs> yelling at the crowd. Uh-huh. Me, you know, I'm singing, playing guitar, drinking beer, of course. Fighting you know. yeah. off the, yeah. the drum now, yeah, you know. Now, I can say this as an observer with some musical knowledge. When we do have the full band, I'm always like, oh, man, I miss that. Mm. I miss that, the drums, I miss that. But when it's the reef, I'm not actually missing anything. It still feels, I'm not missing it when it's not there, but when it's there, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I did maybe miss it a little bit. But it's a little bit more spice to it. Right, you know, that's all. I don't feel like there's anything missing when I'm listening to just the three of them. Until Jerry just pointed that out, I I never really realized how much we do up there as a trio. I didn't either. I didn't. I, I mean, I, yeah. when you sit there and think about it, it's when, like a... When you said uh, we were doing three things each, I was like, wait, no, I'm only doing two things. Then you explained it, and I was like, yeah. wait, I Drums, ain't... bass, and vocals. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and we like all are. It's not like you're playing whole notes either, boom, boom, boom. You're like playing <laughs> runs, you know? It's like, yeah. you know, Mark's doing... We all are, yeah. Background Mark. vocals, lead vocals, steel, steel drums, lead guitar. and Yeah. 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 Sometimes Mark's playing two instruments. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, I didn't. I never even actually realized that. So you're you're not really getting a, you're getting the full band experience <laughs> for sure. I mean, you know, I can remember over the years before we started doing this that people would call us and say, "Man, love your sound, but I've got this small place. Uh, you know, what's perfect for us is like a trio." Mm-hmm. And it'd be like, "Well, you know, you're not going to be very happy with that." But now I'm like, "Yeah, we can play." You know, there's 90% of the venues in this area that we can play as a trio. And there are a lot of venues that we play that we're the only trio that plays. You know, I'm thinking about T-Bone Toms. They don't, I mean, other than us. Well, they have trios during the week, like when they do solo weeks, but for a weekend slot. Right. And a lot of the places that we play, the next night they have a six or seven piece band. Right. Or the night before, or y'all know what I mean. I mean, it's oh, just absolutely. like we're able to do that. But then when we do have the full band, like for a, you know a bigger show, a festival, or whatever. I mean, I know we all feed off that energy of having a first of all a live drummer. I mean that mm-hmm. you know even the drum machine does a great job. I mean, there's nothing like having the dynamics of a live drummer. Right. But, but then to have like other uh, lead instruments on stage, that's mm-hmm. just a lot of fun. What's coming up with Hannah's Reef? What's going to be? What's coming down the pipe here? Ah, uh, people yep. see us. More of the same as we've been doing for the last 20 years. I mean, just paying every beach bar and beach town between South Padre and hopefully Portland, Maine one day. You know, right now it's mostly the Gulf Coast, but can we make that happen? We're we're getting closer and closer all the time, don't you think? I mean, we're getting to the Carolinas and and, yeah. We just keep going up the state. I mean, uh, we played in Florida probably 
five, six times this mm-hmm. year. You know, we still love playing around here too. You know, as yeah. as as time allows, we'll get more and further away and I think we're going to Aruba next year and that Aruba, I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Yeah. Me too. Yep. So. I'm also looking forward to meeting the minds this year, being in yeah. a new place. And we're gonna have Trey Miller. Trey New Miller. Sorry. Right. Who's Trey, Trey New Miller? Uh, <laughs> well Trey Miller, that's Barney's son. Yeah. Right yeah. No. Trey New Miller's gonna be with us. Howard McMichael's gonna be with us. Yeah. I'm I'm excited for people to get to know Howard out there. Me too. And uh, I'm going to talk to Suzanne and see if she'll let me bring Howard. I am tapping. Bring Howard to that um that gig that she hired me for. I'd like people to see him there because he's a, he's a really great band player, and he, he needs people need to see him. A lot of people, you know, are starting to get to know Howard because you know he's he's our first call whenever you're not right. available, of course, and he's you know he's been around enough now. People. Kind of know him by name, and uh, a lot of people know Trey because he used to play with us pretty much full time, mm-hmm. and and now he plays there. We have a show big enough to support a drummer, right. but uh, so we'll definitely have those two guys there at Me the Minds, and I'm pretty sure we'll have a couple other guest musicians too. I'm not, awesome, not awesome. positive who right now, but there's going to be a lot of people available. So yes, yeah. I like when Howard plays with this, and he plays those horn parts on the. On the pan. Oh man! Like whenever we do tarantula, tarantula—that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he plays his horn parts. It so adds so much. So I, I really enjoy that. Yeah. I want to talk about something real quick. This is off the music thing. Do I need to give a disclaimer? No disclaimers. We're going to shoot from the hip. <laughs> uh, so I do need to give a disclaimer that I am not in control for this. So the the first time I ever saw Jerry Diaz eat a steak was at. Uh, we were at, what's that place up north? Uh, Putin Bay. Putin Bay. We sit down and we ordered steaks. And Jerry said, I want mine well done. <laughs> and I came out of my seat. I was like, who in the heck eats their steaks well done? And they brought it out. And that sucker, his steak was burnt to a crisp. And he was eating this thing. And he's like, this is the best thing I ever had. And I'm like, man. <laughs> You need to ask forgiveness from that cow. <laughs> and then I, I think later we introduced him to a real steak, and he was like, hey, this is pretty dang good. Very good. Yeah. I, I have changed my ways. You know. You've so, seen the light, huh? Yeah, I don't have them as rare as she does, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much a medium rare guy now. So, yeah. That's a good point. And I do see that I do taste the difference, yeah. Well, what do you guys think about? Okay, we travel all over the Gulf Coast, and uh, what's y'all's opinion on Mexican food, Texas versus other places? And I'm asking because we we get asked this. What are you talking about? Like, like Tex-Mex, Tex-Mex huh? versus like when we go to Florida and you eat like Mexican food there or something like that. Okay, I, <laughs> we better me, have a disclaimer for sure. For okay. <laughs> Let me have a I, I have a little story that maybe you could summarize this. I had some friend. I, I went to college and uh, where I met my my beautiful wife Pla. In uh, Lake Charles, Louisiana, which is really close to the Texas border. Okay, Lake Charles is a lot more like Texas than Lake Charles is more like the rest of Louisiana, right? Mm-hmm. Like Acadiana. Lake Charles, it's got the Cajun influence, but there's a lot of Texas influence there. Mm-hmm. So there's actually a lot of Tex-Mex restaurants in Lake Charles, okay? That did you that is on par with the Southeast Texas uh, Tex-Mex that I've had. So I had some friends, uh, or we had some friends that moved from Lake Charles to... Uh, uh, Portland, Oregon. They moved up there to the north. So wave transplants from the south up to the north. And they came and visited us a couple of years ago. And uh, we had a nice little trip to, to Houston. Uh, they had never been to NASA. Uh, even though they lived in Lake Charles, 
you know, I grew up in Texas. I went to NASA a lot. And so the whole day I was thinking in my head, where am I going to take my friends who just traveled across the country to come? Where are we going to go have dinner night? It's got to be special. It's got to be great. I was thinking, I was like, man, I know this great Persian place. Oh, there's this great Cuban place in Houston. And so I started to approach him at the end of the day and I say, Hey guys, uh, where do y'all want to go for dinner tonight? I know a great, and before I can finish the sentence, they say Tex-Mex. We got to get Tex-Mex. We can't get Tex-Mex in Portland. Please, we got to have queso. We got to have enchiladas. It doesn't exist there. Tex-Mex. I was like, Castle They were like, yes. Yes. <laughs> Castle Yeah, exactly. And so uh, yeah. that kind of summarizes it. I think that this is, this is, this is, this is the best place. I mean, yeah, when, when you, when you go out and you get Mexican food other places, the locals there and everything, they may enjoy it and everything, but I'm kind of like, man, you don't know what you're missing. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. But this is something that we've experienced, too. Um, those listening know that our daughter lives in Minnesota, and that's a 17-hour drive. And we are all, she is just as crazy as we are. She makes that drive in a single shot. And she times it so that all she has to do is come in the house, unload the car, take about an hour nap, and we are straight over to Castle or whatever, or the Donkey on Shep, uh, on um, Spencer Highway, because it's been ha- since however long the last time it was that she's visited that she's had any good Tex-Mex, and that's the first thing that we do. And seventeen-hour well, drive, and we're heading. Well, to in Minnesota, the- they, they have. We okay. did find we did find a good Mexican. Food there place. is a good one, but it's in it's in Minneapolis. I forget the name of it, uh, but it's a it's a franchise though, so it's like the same. The Laredo Cafe. Laredo Cafe, yeah. We, I think so. But yeah. we when we go to Minnesota, we go we we go to uh, Alt, Albert Lee, and there is one decent Mexican restaurant there that has good food, but they didn't know how to make. They knew what queso was, but they didn't know what chili con queso. And I. I because it's not a, it's not actually a Mexican cuisine. So you're not going to get chili con queso in a right. lot of Mexican food places outside of Texas. So I literally taught the guy, the waitress, how to make chili con queso right there, <laughs> and they did the best they could. They had they put they brought out the queso blanco, which is white cheese, cheese. dip, mm-hmm. and then they put the, all that they had the hottest salsa verde they they had. And put it in there, and let me tell you, that stuff was balling. That was oh, it was so it was good. Really, it was good. so good it left a heat ring around my mouth. <laughs> hey, y'all, y'all help me unlock this memory. I think we were in North Carolina. I think everyone was there, and it was it was one of the restaurants at the the, the hotel we were playing at uh, that had Mexican food, and they had a dish that was like a beef dish, and you could it's like a strictly beef dish, and it was you could choose chicken or beef. Do you remember what that was? I don't. Oh, this was at the hotel in Myrtle Beach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember? What was the dish? And it was like, it's a beef dish. And it was like, you can choose chicken or beef. And we were like, chicken of this doesn't exist. I can't remember. Oh, but I do remember. You remember that yeah. happening? Yes. And we were, we were all kind of giggling to ourselves. Well, <laughs> when I think of Myrtle Beach now, I think of the Mediterranean seafood. Or no, sorry, yeah, the no, Mediterranean, Mediterranean restaurant that we went restaurant, to coming right. back. Mm, yeah. Yes. Baba Ganoush. As far as Tex-Mex goes, you know, I think... We could all say that the Tex-Mex is even different from area to area. Like the Tex-Mex in Port Arthur, Texas, yes. is different from the Tex-Mex in Houston 100%. and different from the Tex-Mex in San Antonio. That's true. I, gotta agree yeah. with you. I agree yeah. too. The, yeah. the Tex-Mex that I really like, we really like, is like Port Arthur. That's like what we're used to. Now, would that be like, uh, was it the fish camp? 
Oh, no, 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 no. That's, that's, not that's, not that's, totally that's more California style. California. Yeah, yeah. Mexican. I'm like um, sombreros or La Suprema okay. or uh, tequilas or... Yeah. I know what you um, mean. It's like ramped up Tex-Mex. It's like yeah, big it's decadent just, dishes. Yeah. yeah fried yeah. avocados, stuffed avocados and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is I different. And Houston's like, I think of like Ninfas and um, what's that other one? Uh, Popsitas, and there's well, another one, El something. El Tiempo. El Tiempo. Well, there's, for us, we go to certain places. For, like, if we want tamales, it's going to be Nimbus. You can't beat them. If we want fajitas that melt in your mouth like cotton candy, it's El Tiempo. And so we kind of Fiddle navigated way. the waters that way. Yeah. yeah. If you're tired, you go to that place on the corner of Beltway and uh, where you come out of your neighborhood. What's it called? Oh, oh, oh um, Iguana Joe's. Iguana, Iguana Joe's. Joe's. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, that, Iguana Joe's actually, is a good fallback. Yeah. That brings up something interesting, too. So the donkey is on Spencer Highway. Yeah. So that when was, you go into the bar, if you look up on the ceiling, there's a Jerry right, Diaz yeah. and Hannah's Reef sticker that has been there for years. Keith Emmons must have put it there. Keith Emmons. Yeah. Put it there. And I, I remember we hadn't been there in years. Didn't even think about it. We're sitting at the bar waiting for our table, and I just happened to look up, look and up. there's Jerry Osborne right, there. right up there on the ceiling, ceiling, right above my head. Had to be Keith. It that was, was his Ke- favorite place yeah. to go. It's Keith, yeah. yeah. That's why one of the reasons we started going there. So I'll, I'll I'm surprised none of us said based on the the margaritas that that's the place you go to because a lot of people that love <laughs> Tex-Mex food that's what they most oh, that, of them all have yeah. at least a decent margarita yeah. yeah you know how I judge Tex-Mex places is by their queso how good is the queso that's, fair enough. Enough. that's, that's a fair it's kind, it's kind of like a cheese pizza right yeah. it's like yeah. if you go to an Italian place and they can't make a good cheese pizza mm-hmm. you're not Everybody in the right place is, yeah. No, right. Every, yeah everything there is downhill from there that's, right. that's on point and I'm there for the salsa I mean the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to yeah. take a bite of that salsa mm-hmm. if the salsa is not good we have gone to a place that we've taken a bite of the salsa and be like you know what I'm not feeling this. Huge. Is it cold? They, is it warm? If they can't yeah. make sauce. I was going to, that was what I was going to say. Like, uh, how do you guys feel? Hot or cold sauce? Or you go either way. I could go right. either way. But either we way. did go one place that it was just glorified ketchup. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, yeah. that. Yes. St. Louis. And we left. <laughs> I think Myrtle Beach. <laughs> we left. We were like, uh. Like a bowl of ketchup with some onions in yeah, it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've had that before. It's like, this is not sauce. No, this is not. At least go to the store and get some Pace Bacardi, you know? I mean, at least. <laughs> no kidding, at man. Least. If you can't even get up to Pace level, <laughs> no. you do not need Just to give be. It up. You don't need to be working in a Mexican Just food restaurant. So, I got one more thing I want to talk about before we close it out. And I want to know uh, who is y'all's biggest. And, and, and this is a hard question, and, you know, because most of the time you can't narrow it down to one person. So, But I'm going to ask anyway. And it's like, who is y'all's biggest musical influence what 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 inspires you to write what inspires you uh to create and what do you like listening to and you want to chill hmm you want to take that one on yeah um, Alex. man that is a hard question right because it's like when you look at the slices of your life you may have changed you know what i mean and that's exactly why i'm asking this question yeah absolutely but uh you know there are i always tend to go back to my roots of what really really got me into music and got me into guitar was like 
60s and 70s classic rock. Okay. And then 90s grunge. Like, yeah. Those were grunge. those were my big influences. And so when I still go back and listen to Jimi Hendrix and Led Zeppelin and like Boston, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm 14 years old again with my first electric guitar and I love it. Right. That wasn't too long ago. That was like five years. <laughs> and you then, are the youngest member of the band. And then I loved the sloppy yet in your face and undeniable like rock of the 90s from like Nirvana and Smashing Pumpkins um when when I Mm -hmm. Stone Temple Pilots I love yes uh when I was in high school there was about an eight month period where I didn't do anything but listen to the Smashing Pumpkins and get up in the morning and get on Smashing Pumpkins message boards and talk about the Smashing Pumpkins love and uh yeah and so those uh those are some of my roots that's I still feel inspired by um, uh, the, the feelings that they gave me when I was learning about music and, and, and starting to appreciate music. Um, they really gave me the appreciation. But I, um, I, I, I love all kinds of music. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I try not to be a musical snob. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I meet some people sometimes who are just like snobbish for no reason. Oh, sure. And uh, I've never really vibed with that because I, I like anything from like uh, very cerebral like mm-hmm. jazz and stuff like that down to like simple pop like Katy Perry and you know stuff like that who do you hear coming out and you're playing like when you're playing oh because there's been times when so, I'm, I'm yeah, playing me, and I'm, I'm just like oh I know where that came from <laughs> uh I really um loved like Tower of Power and like Rocco Prestia Rocco Rocco Prestia really <laughs> <laughs> yeah that thumpy yeah. like rhythmic bass line and you started doing that Yesterday, when we were at oh, in Rolling Pensacola, Roman and you and me were locking right eyes and jamming. Like I was like, right I love there, that man. man. Those, those are the moments I live for on yeah. stage. Like, I love that. So um, I heard the Rocco come out. Man. Yeah, cool. yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, Rocco Prestia is a big inspiration for me on bass. And, okay, uh, you know, and then also Victor Wooten. Victor Wooten is an amazing bass player, but he he's yeah. kind of like. Just over the top, stupid good. Yeah, he's you know just, what I mean. He's, he's like, he's like, like all virtuos. He, yeah, he's like hard to mimic, right? Yeah. You know, but for an one of my favorites, I she's in love with Victor. I, yeah, oh, incredible! Yeah. Absolutely. Love yeah, yeah. His album "Show of Hands," uh, is and she likes Heinrich Linder from. Oh, uh, yeah, Dirty yes. Loops. Dirty Loops. Oh, oh, he's so good. And he's absolutely adorable. Their, their version and of Britney Spears I, is toxic. Yes. Oh, it's so I, good. It's on my playlist. I listen to that all the time. And we got to go see them at the oh, warehouse. Dear. Yes, we did. And everybody's, you know, heading over to the lead singer. And I'm like, nope. This. I'm, I'm talking to Henrik. That's me, Remember what the, okay, the lead singer of Dirty, we were at the warehouse. And he was like, he made a comment to the crowd. He's like, how come nobody's dancing because they're they're a they're they're a jazzy dance band from Europe, mm-hmm. but the crowd was filled with musicians. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere we looked, it, it was all musicians, and we were all just you know. All of the in top awe musicians had come out to see them because on. they. What's the name of the band again? Dirty Loops. Dirty Loops, and and they play pop music with a super jazz flair. Right, insane. And so all of the number ones from Houston had. It was in the middle of the week. Nobody was playing. So they all came to see the group, and then they were just watching. And the lead singer was perplexed. He's like, he's like, why is nobody dancing? <laughs> that was the funniest thing. I wasn't quite sure if people were enjoying it because he's used to people dancing, and it was all musicians. We're, like, yeah. we're all listening. Yeah, we are. <laughs> so Jerry, 
Talk to mm. us about that. Well, yeah, yeah, like Alex and uh, I'm sure like everybody else here, I have liked all kinds of music all my life, you know, at various points in my life. And uh, like most people, you know. You weren't born to the late 70s, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. But, uh, you know, classic rock when I was younger and um, really loved. was classic when you were? Oh, come on, Boston, <laughs> Ted Nugent, Aerosmith, Fleetwood Mac, yeah, um, the Eagles. I mean, that was. I mean, a lot of people kind of consider that the best time for classic rock mm -hmm. ever. You know, I mean, you, there's really nobody making that kind of music now anymore. Oh, no. But right. you know, and and I hear people lament that, but you know, I think if it were, it were to come out again now, I don't think people would like it as much. There's a time and a place. Yeah, I think. I think music changes for a reason over decades, and and it, and even though it, it takes you back to a time in your life when you felt this certain way, you really can't recreate it. You know, it, it needs to keep moving and advancing. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, as you know, probably a lot of people wouldn't suspect this, but we're huge traditional country fans. You know, mm -hmm. don't know why really. I mean, yeah. I mean, I didn't grow up on a farm or you know, ride horses or anything, but I love country music. And uh, um, I, I guess the biggest thing is I've always liked pop music, whether, I mean, of any genre. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, I like pop, I mean, country that's really catchy. I like hard rock music that's really catchy. Yeah. I like, of course, trop rock that's really catchy. And uh, yeah, um, I was telling Alex the other day, I've kind of recently become a big fan of um, like punk pop you know oh, like yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love that so yeah, much about you like, <laughs> I love that. you know like uh what was uh lit you know mm -hmm. um I, the, uh, I found this cd in a parking lot on the ground one time when i rented a car on my way to put in bay and i thought oh, i don't have anything to listen to in my car and i plugged it in it was a, a cd by the all-time lows which is this punk pop band from the, I guess, from the early 90s. And I was like, I, not expecting anything. I mean, it's like somebody, it fell out of somebody's car and I literally picked it up. And it was, it, it was a burned, I mean, it wasn't even a, uh, like the original CD. It wasn't a press CD. Yeah, I had to like literally get Shazam and find out who this band is that I'm listening to. And I listened to the whole thing all the way through. I was like, damn, that's good. Yeah. I like that, you know? <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I just like really, I mean, ever since I was a kid, I like Beach Boys, mm -hmm. like the Carpenters, stuff like that. It's kind of nerdy, but, you know. Well, I hear that coming I mean, out in your writing, too. Oh, it definitely does. I you mean, know, it definitely. Yeah. the sun, yeah. beer, uh, I mean, I, the cooler. I mean, to me, I mean, you can't, I do write a lot of songs that I just throw away all mm -hmm. the time. Sure. I mean, I write songs, I mean, literally every day. Mm -hmm. But it, to me, for me, unless it's some really important message I'm trying to get across, but just something I want to, you know, add to our list. It's, it's going to be something really catchy, yeah. you know, and if it's not, if I don't, if I was listening to it and I wasn't singing along with it after the first 15 seconds, then I'm mm -hmm. not going to write it. Yeah. I'm just going to move on and, you know, so, so gotta, it does, it does definitely come out. My well, sure. I got to agree with you because every song you've presented to us and like, I'm going to, I'm just going to say this for the past 20 years, I've been with you every time we've gotten together, like in, in the early parts of the year, and you introduce new songs or you introduce songs whenever, they've always been the, the cream of the crop. You know, they always had a good hook, and I, can, I can't ever remember a single song that you've presented to the band that I'm like, man, Jerry, are you sure about this? <laughs> you know? 
I try to stay away from those. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So uh, what what stuff do you like to listen to when you just want to chill? When you don't want to think about business, you're. You know, it, I mean, silence or 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 what? what? That's always a good one, you know. But uh, I tell you what, I, I've I've uh, over the last couple of years discovered that I like. Uh, um, a lot of times, and Jen can probably relate to this, we're making those long trips where you leave at five in the morning from some oh, beach town yeah. and you're heading home and you know you got a long drive ahead. It's dark still, air conditioning is on. I like to put it on watercolors on, on Sirius Radio. Okay. That just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, man, it's just like chill. I mean, and I could listen to that for hours. And then when I'm done with it, it's like, mm, I don't want to listen to that anymore. You know? done. Right. <laughs> but yeah, many times, uh, I'll put that on when we're, you know, like I said, we played the night before, mm-hmm. maybe have a little headache from, uh, oh, yeah. maybe drinking too many, uh, iced teas <laughs> and so forth. And Mary's, Mary's asleep and somebody else is asleep in the I'm car. Asleep, yeah. <laughs> I just put on that watercolors. And That's just, right. There we go. Well, man, the reason I brought that up is because I've, I've noticed, I've been paying attention recently to, to my playing and stuff. And like, uh, like when we do Looking for Love, the guitar lick, you know, the, dun, 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 you know, that lead up mm-hmm. for there. That's the kind of, that's the kind of licks that I do on guitar, you know, is that kind of stuff. And then sometimes uh, I'll, I'll notice my, my playing will be, will be something Billy Corgan come out, come out with, you know, <laughs> Billy Corgan, Smashing Pumpkins, Zwan and all that. And it'll be the, just the repetitive, dee, 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 dee. or, uh, or you too. I definitely hear that. Yeah. You know, uh, um, like U two licks, there'd be sometimes that I'm mm-hmm. just I'm just sitting there just wailing on one note with a delay, you know, mm-hmm. just in the right spot, <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, okay, that's where, that's where that come from, you know. But uh, you I have do. a very unique lead guitar style. I mean, it, it's it's a signature style. I I think. I mean, we play with a lot of lead guitar players over the years, and I mean, really good ones, and nobody plays lead guitar like you do. It's it's so rhythmic and um, like you were describing and melodic. I, and I love that. I mean, uh, I, I can't see you doing like a Tab Benoit song or something like that. <laughs> no, it's but, just like and I, not for we're sure. not going to play one of those. So. Right. Well, it, it's always been ingrained into me to you know play something that supports the music. And over the years, I've I've, I've played with so many musicians who are just who had so much more technical prowess than I did, and but they just didn't know how to use it. You know, like I remember playing with several people who could just, they knew the guitar top to bottom and they could do anything they wanted to on the guitar. Yeah. And then when they the chance came, they did everything. They knew on guitar. It was like, <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. all you remember is just blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And nothing memorable. It's like, and, yeah. you've, you've been with those groups where you're like, you don't need to play every note that you know. Mm-hmm. We know you know them. Right. You're sometimes scaling back a little bit. Exactly. There's a that goes back to there being a time and a place for everything. Like if you if you're on a a jam session, which I I'll, I'll say this right now, you won't see me on too many jam sessions. Like we do, I've, we're always, you know, I've always been invited to do all kinds of all star jams, but I don't do them very much. I, I do them every now and then. But um, uh, when you're doing jams like that, that's the time to show off, you know, because people like that, there's all kinds of people around and having the ability to do it and actually doing it is two different things, yeah. you know. Not... That's when you're having your musical conversation and your musical fun with your musical brothers and sisters, exactly. you know what I mean? Exactly. I, I like what you were saying, though, about like how you've met those players that know everything, can play everything, and then they do it. Mm-hmm. It's like, 
sometimes I wonder, I'm like, okay, you're a great player, but can you play the gig right. that it's you're hired on? You know, you know what I mean? Like some drummers or some guitar players or something, they'll throw everything that they got out there. That's not the gig you were hired for. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And someone who maybe lays back a little bit more and plays the right licks for the right gig, mm -hmm. I think all the other musicians on stage really appreciate that more than yeah. showing all your flash. Absolutely. Yeah. And you, you may not know this, but in, if you go and play in Nashville and you're a side player and you play over while somebody's singing, I've, I've seen people get fired right off stage. On the stage, on I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, if, 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 you, if the songwriter's singing, man, and you're playing a note. <laughs> That's a, I would be that person firing them because that <clears throat> irritates me to yeah. no end. I yeah. notice it every time when somebody's playing when they shouldn't be playing. Mm -hmm. it's, I know you did because you... <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've I've seen that on stage before. Like when we had some side people come in in the past, you know, and and you got that look coming from you like that's not right, something's not right, <laughs> you know. But yeah, you it, it's it's always been ingrained in me to you know, and I wasn't always like this because I too had to learn to not machine gun and just vomit stuff into the song. I was going to say that because something y'all said in your first or second episode about the difference between um, somebody who plays a lot and somebody who's like a novice. Y'all mm -hmm. did a... Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, right. it, it, back then, y'all were talking about equipment. But it's not just equipment. I mean, you can tell people who play often and on a regular basis in their playing, too, because just like y'all said, if you have the confidence or the... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Security of knowing you're going to be playing... Right gigs all year this year next year and the year after that mm -hmm. you don't feel like you have to throw every note you know into every exactly. song yeah. but if you feel like wow i finally got a gig and i don't know when i'm going to get another one then you're playing every note you know and that's probably a big reason that people do that well you I can know? be I never the best that, yeah. musician and play the best skill but if you can't play together as a group and make it sound like it belongs and blend, it's not going to matter. It's just like everything in life. Right. I mean, if you're the one that's sticking out for the bad no for the wrong reason. But I like what he brought up, the psychology behind it. I never thought about that. It's like, why do people do that? You know, and it's like, is it because they, they think that they have to impress somebody or they, because it, I think, I think it's a big part of it. Yeah. You know I mean, trying to prove yourself, you know? Yeah. yeah. But the, I, I find, and you guys know this, the best way to prove yourself is just to, just yeah. lay back and yeah. just and and that, play the gig, play the music, play the song. But a lot of people, including myself, you know, you don't learn that uh, until you get some <laughs> age and experience. I can tell from know. this, man, you have grown a lot in the past few years, man. A lot of the stuff that you play is <laughs> Thank you so is much. getting so much better. And I'm really enjoying uh, communicating with you on stage and that you're able to actually communicate. It's like, uh, what's that song that we do? It's an A. Uh, there are several songs that we do that that we will hit a scale together. Oh, we'll, it's it's a tropical we'll, girl. Tropical girl. Tropical girl. Yeah, not just that one. It's other ones like Island Time. Yeah, and and other things. Uh -huh. It's 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 one of the things I miss about Trey Newmiller not being in the band is because me and him communicated like wildfire. I mean that he he knew my mind. If I was going somewhere in a solo, he was right with me, and he I can't tell you how good he made me look <laughs> by doing that. And like I said, that's why I'm enjoying communicating with you because now we're finally getting to that, that part where, 
okay, we, we've been playing this music enough, we know the music well enough that we can step out of the box, communicate, and do things together that make the music that much more yeah, better. I, I agree. And and, uh, and the 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 crowd, they don't there's only there's very few people who would realize what's going on to make it sound better. But when they hear this song that they've heard a hundred times and they're like, it just sounded better tonight. You know? You know, I know you're a big Futurama fan. Oh, absolutely. And there's a phrase that came from that that I like where it says, Sometimes when you do something right, people don't realize you did anything at all. Exactly. Right? <laughs> yes. And and that goes that goes into everything else, like video editing, you know, and effects. You know, if you don't notice the effects, then you did it right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, I I really agree with everything you're saying. I, I really enjoy being on stage with musicians uh, of your caliber and uh, everyone that we play with, Jerry and Howard, and and you brought up Trey. Uh, is that's another sign of a good musician? Is is when you can uh, communicate on stage, uh, but you can't really communicate verbally. You have to communicate. No, it's, it's you have to communicate musically, and you have to communicate. With some eye contact, right? Exactly. You know? And if you're a good enough musician, you kind of pick up on that. And mm -hmm. um, uh, I, I appreciate you um, saying that you've seen some expansion because I feel like uh, I feel like every year in this band, I, I know what I'm doing, and then I learn something new that mm -hmm. year. <laughs> you know, what that's I mean? the cool thing. They always say, surround yourself with people who are better than you. Yeah. So you can grow. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, and when I'm able to learn stuff from you and then learn stuff from Jerry, like Jerry will play something or he'll say something that's, that's really cool. And it's like, well, I can take from that and then I can use that and then feed it off to you. And then you feed it back. And then it's, it, I love the circle and I'm really digging the communication that we've all developed as we've been together. You know, we play a lot of, we've been a trio since the, the COVID thing. Yeah, it's 2020. I think that's a great sign of our camaraderie in this band mm -hmm. because... Uh, three and a half years. Yeah, time's <laughs> ticking by. As we've been together longer, I feel like we've become closer musically. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't always happen. Sometimes as the people stay together longer, they grow apart, you know. And yes. so uh, that's another aspect of, of being part of uh, this band and this whole musical scene that I really appreciate. Oh, yeah. And going back to, like you said, with Jerry, after... Uh, after the show's over and then everybody shakes hands and it's like an appreciation, you know, for the work that you've put in. And I, I like you have taken that over with other things, you know, and, and any bands that I hire, it's just, it's just all around good because I've been in some bands where you make, mis people will make a mistake or miss a note and stuff. To me, missing a note or note is no big deal. I'm just looking at, okay, song goes on. But man, some people get, I've been in bands where they got irate. <laughs> and then we've all heard stories my goodness and then at the end of the gig they won't even talk to you it's like but no man just to let you know hey man this is a great gig people were entertained and we walked away with a little bit of money <laughs> you know and we made some people happy but uh, that's what it's all about and it comes back to the influence of Mary and Jerry that's I mean it. it's just, just yeah. I don't know how it comes back to that but no it's you're the one who set that this is how I'm going to treat my musicians. Yeah. Yeah. You set that in place. You've yeah. built that. And yeah. now these guys are taking it to oh, other people that now. they. Well, thank you. Yeah. Because I, I could say personally for me back in the early days of Hannah's Reef when it would be my turn to come around and then I would forget words or I would forget a lick or I'd forget something like that, man. I expected, I, 
is probably just because where I came from, I expected to be chastised, you know, <laughs> you know, but no, I always got a handshake and Hey, good job. Well done. Even though it may not have been perfectly done, you know, it was still good to get that at the end and yeah, it just makes you better. So thank you, Jerry, for that. You're welcome. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, that's, uh, that's our conversation with the reef. And, it was fun. Uh, yeah, thanks for, uh, we hope you listeners enjoyed this. If you got any questions, uh, let us know. Let us know. All right. See you all next time. Adios. Bye. <laughs>